sat down and figured out what you end up with out of your gross pay, I think most people will be very disturbed after they see what they give the government and what they give to the banks. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we speak with property investment financial expert David Fleming. He shares with us why banks make so much money in the first 11 years of the loan and how with some smart strategies can help save money in your pocket, how one property deal almost ended in disaster and much, much more. David Fleming has been in the financial side of property investing for over 20 years and he shares with us what his day-to-day activities encompasses. I've been in the mortgage, property investment, financial services industry for around about 22 years and I originally started working on for a couple of companies and I just wasn't totally happy with the way they went about um, finding the properties, the value of the properties and how they treated their clients. And I was at a mature age at that point. I was in my 50s and I really didn't want to start my own business. I was just happy working for another company and letting them do all the backroom work for me. However, I couldn't uh, find somebody that I was satisfied with. So I then uh, branched out and started uh, our own company, which is called Equity Resource Proprietary Limited. And over the years, uh, since the year 2000, uh, we've had hundreds of clients uh, who have happily either come through us to get their mortgages uh, set up or to actually purchase investment properties. We learn about how his company helps clients when it comes to investing. On any given day, we uh, talk to existing customers to find out uh, how they've been treated by the lender that we've referred them to or if they have any uh, ongoing or future needs that we may need to uh, sit down and have a discussion about to be able to help them out with that. Um, and also, we talk to people about investment properties because we find in today's Australia, um, people are paying too much tax and they're paying too much money to the banks. And what we try to do is, first of all, set up a strategy that's going to help them to pay off their mortgages faster and also a strategy whereby they can acquire investment property or properties for their future retirement wealth that enables them to reduce the taxes they pay to the Australian government. Now, when you look at today's mortgages, banks have got them all set up that favours themselves. In other words, if you take out a 30-year mortgage, it takes you approximately 11 to 14 years to get to what is called the halfway mark if you make the minimum contractual payment. And what I mean by the halfway mark is half the payment goes to you, half the payment goes to the bank. Prior to that, the mortgage payment is front-end loaded in the bank's favour. So you are paying approximately over the first 11 to 14 years, 75% of that mortgage repayment is going to the bank. Now, the issue with that is, on average, and we're not saying anybody specific, but on average throughout Australia, 
Australians refinance their mortgage every five to seven years. Well, if you sit down and think about that for a moment, you'll know that the banks are getting a huge amount of money out of the mortgagor. That's you, the person who's taking out the mortgage. And over the years, you may have uh, three, four different mortgages. You might upsize, you might upgrade, you might refinance, do renovations, and start that mortgage all over again. So therefore, people are on that constant slippery slope of having the mortgage in the way of them progressing through to some kind of wealth creation or wealth accumulation throughout their lifetimes. That's why 63% of Australians end up on government assistance when they retire, which is a pretty sad story, simply because they're on that slippery slope all their life trying to satisfy the lender or the bank and paying off the mortgage. So we look to help them set up a strategy to pay that mortgage off faster. And we want to do that is by purchasing an investment property. But that investment property needs to be properly structured. In Australia today, over 80% of people who buy investment properties only buy one investment property, even though their initial goal was to get three, four, five, six put together by the time they retire, they never get past that first one. And that's usually because they don't understand how to structure a, uh, a, a proper, effective investment property structure to one, help them pay off their current mortgage, if it's a home mortgage, and also two, how to reduce the uh, liability or commitment they have on the investment property so they create more equity, which enables them to step into the second and eventually the third and fourth investment properties. Fleming talks about how to create more equity for clients and how that inspired him to start his company many years ago. You can create a foundation of equity for yourself by one. Yes, you will get capital growth. Property, uh, investment properties or buying properties all about timing, not timing. So the longer you hold on to that property, the more uh, chances you'll have getting capital growth. But why just wait around for capital growth? Because sometimes the property market can be quite uh, static or in regards to getting capital growth. But we look for high performance, high economic development uh, areas where there are low vacancy rates that push the values of properties up, but they also get, get good rental yields. At the moment in Sydney, the rental yields on property is pretty terrible. Uh, it's around about 3.4, 3.8. If you look to selected areas in, say, Queensland or uh, Brisbane, um, you can get anywhere from 5 to 7% rental yields. And those kind of yields uh, increase your cash flow on a positive cash flow on a property, and then that allows you to maybe take the excess cash flow after tax benefits and channel that back into your own home mortgage and pay that off sooner. Because with your home mortgage, you're paying with that, you're paying for that with your after-tax dollars. And therefore, therefore, need to get rid of that mortgage as soon as possible. Um, so our advice to our customers is to try to kick the stuffing out of the mortgage in the first five to six years. That minimises the amount of interest that you'll end up paying the bank and you put more of your money back in your own pocket. Fleming has had a very interesting upbringing and his journey did not start here in Australia. I actually grew up in New Zealand um, in, the, in the Waikato and Auckland area and then I came to Australia in around about... Um, 1967 or 68, if my memory serves me well, 
And then I worked in a variety of jobs. I actually left Australia for a while and worked in the United States for about uh, 14 years, where I got into what's called the alternative energy uh, business, which was uh, residential and solar hot water, uh, residential photovoltaic cells, and also uh, wind turbine machines and cogeneration machines for very large buildings. Over there in the United States, when they build a huge building, they actually put a cogeneration machine in the basement which pretty much makes the building self-sufficient. When I came back to uh, Australia back in 1986, I was a little homesick. So I was looking to get into a similar type industry. But at that point in Australia, it hadn't progressed that far. There was a few few companies around selling solar hot water, but that wasn't really of interest to me. And uh, so I kind of uh, actually flummoxed around for a couple of years. And then eventually, um, somebody told me about negative gearing. So I decided to have a look at that, and I got quite excited to see what that could be for the individual. However, when I got into the industry, I got a little bit concerned. Uh, There were companies out there selling overpriced properties. We're talking back in 1997, 1998, when uh, you you looked at Queensland. I think they called them the White Shoe Brigade. But all of that eventually got cleaned out by the authorities. Um, And as I said a little bit earlier, I really wasn't looking to start another company and take on that responsibility. But uh, as things worked out, I couldn't find one that I would settle down in and be comfortable and happy with. So I decided to start our own business from that point on. He grew up in New Zealand and tells us where he went to school. Went to primary school there, went to uh, college there, um, and... That was pretty much it. What did you study at college? Uh, academics. We hear a little bit more about what Fleming studied in college over in New Zealand before he transitioned to Australia. Well, that's really accounting and learning about debits and credits and things of that nature, which at the time wasn't that really exciting to me, but uh, persevered and understood a little bit about that. So probably still be in good stead later in life. With an accounting background from his study at college, did Fleming decide to jump right into the area of work? Went into different jobs and mainly um, in the promotional field, sales field. Um, and that, that was probably where I learnt my entrepreneurial skills. What kind of sales roles did you do? Various ones. Um, selling photocopiers, um, and things of that nature. Fleming had numerous roles in sales and explains other occupations that he had undertaken before he set off on his property investing journey. In the United States, as I mentioned, I got into the alternate energy field of selling um, solar hot water, solar photovoltaic cells, um, cogeneration machines and wind turbines. And uh, at that point, I learned that, that in the United States, they were getting uh, huge tax benefits for those kinds of things. And I could see that people um, could uh, reduce their taxes quite substantially by investing those types of things. And I was also a little bit into the commercial field where I could see that people were actually earning, not only reducing their taxes, but they were earning income off of, those, off of that type of equipment. And that's when I came back to Australia, I wanted to see if I could get involved in something similar, but couldn't really find anything Uh, that advanced in Australia. Uh, As far as solar was concerned, you could buy a solar hot water heater for your roof, 
but there's really no tax incentives attached to that. And of course, the only um, income you could earn from that was maybe saving a little bit on your energy bill. And then eventually I got introduced to negative gearing, which was um, something that um, sparked me off right away because here you had a product that not only could you earn income off, but you could um, reduce your taxes quite substantially. And as I found out that, you know, if you go back to 1965, the average Australian worked 88 days a year for the government. These days, it's, it's around about half the year of all your money that you earn goes to the government. And that means that not only your income tax, but all the hidden taxes, you know, like excise tax, luxury tax, uh, road tax, GST. What about road tolls? There are many hidden costs that you do not realize that you're paying for at the time, but Fleming reiterates the importance of understanding your budget. For the first half, you know, 11 to 14 years, you're toiling away, right? You're toiling away, giving your money to the government, giving the money to the bank. I mean, if you, very few people actually sit down and do a budget, a proper budget. But if you sat down and figured out what you end up with out of your gross pay, I think most people will be very disturbed after they see what they give the government and what they give to the banks. Therefore, it behooves anybody to sit down with somebody who's knowledgeable in these matters, and I'll put myself forward quite readily, to work out what it is you can do to put a strategy together to try and kind of uh, fight back on these fronts and start allowing yourself or preparing for yourself some kind of strategy that's going to start getting your head. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into David Fleming's journey and how he got started in property. I just got you know, slowly disillusioned um, with what was being presented to um, customers and clients and just thought, you know, this can be done a whole lot better. His advice on knowing your budget? 80% of the people that bought an investment probably never get to the second one because they can't afford it. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. After being in the United States for 14 years, he talks about some of the circumstances that led to his return to Australia. I got married over there and I got divorced over there. And um, so at the end of the day, there were no children, but um, I guess I just got a little homesick for my family. They had all moved from New Zealand to Australia. And um, just at the end of the day, uh, I thought, well, if I'm going to live for the rest of my life out, I'd actually prefer to do it in Australia. When did Fleming decide to finally return to Australia? Uh, around about 1986. Fleming was running another business of his own before his property investment company, but was greatly impacted by forces out of his control. I was actually involved in uh, the sale of Phillips language courses. And then I actually got into the clothing business where um, I actually had a, uh, my own company and we were selling uh, promotional clothing and corporate uniforms. However, you know, however, that kind of slowly petered out on its own because um, the government of the day, which was Bob Hawke and Paul Keating, they decided to take the tariffs off the imports um, on clothing, which at, when I was in the business, you know, you could, you could make a reasonable profit margin. 
but um, once they took those tariffs off, gradually, slowly but surely, uh, all the profit went out of uh, manufacturing clothing here in Australia, especially the corporate uniforms and um, and the promotional clothing, you know, like polo shirts and logos and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, your profit margin just wasn't there anymore. You couldn't sustain a business doing that. So that's when I started looking around for something else, and that's when I came across negative gearing in the late 90s. Once his former business slowly broke down, he learned about property and had some ideas that he thought could help a lot of people. I worked for somebody else for about two years and learned about property, and as I said, I just got you know, slowly disillusioned um, with what was being presented to um, customers and clients and just thought, you know, this can be done a whole lot better. Um, and that we can um, work with work with uh, quality uh, builders and developers, and um, be able to present properties that, first of all, most importantly, one one of the big one of the big issues with um, with investment properties is if you buy an overpriced property, um, and a lot of people are finding that in Sydney at the moment when they even with buying their own homes. Um, you know, they bought at the height of the property market and all of a sudden $100,000 has gone off the value of the property they bought. That's, that's hard to come back on, right? So um, our issue is, um, you know, we, we've sold properties in Victoria, um, Sydney, Newcastle, Brisbane, Townsville, <laughs> uh, Cairns, um, and all of those properties are performing very, very well because we took the time and energy to search out those areas and look for stuff that's going to give uh, the customer, first of all, a property at real market value that's in a strong growth area, has got a low vacancy rate, so there's always, um, there's always a steady supply of tenants to choose from, and that's got high rental yields that ensures that at the end of the day, they're not having to take that 50 or 100 or $120 out of their pocket every week to support the property. Fleming delves into how he actually started his property investing journey and what some of the key factors were in him making that decision. I really got involved in the property industry around about 1997, so I'd already been back here about 11 years. And I, I was oblivious to negative gearing at that time. And it was around about that time where somebody told me, um, this is how it works. And I went, that's very interesting. I need to know more. So um, I then went start looking for uh, companies that might be uh, involved in the industry, started talking to them, and then eventually got hired by one. And, uh, but I wasn't happy with what they were doing. And uh, then I found another one that... Um, Initially, he seemed like Mr. Righteous, and um, you know, uh, my clients were doing really well. They were making great property purchases, but I think he got a little bit greedy. And um, then I got a bit unhappy with some of the practices that were going on um, and some of the valuations that were coming in on the properties. And I decided um, there really wasn't any other way out of this other than go do it myself. So uh, I aligned um, associations with companies like Winter, Lendlease, uh, Mervac, etc., uh, Stockland, and um, we then start putting property portfolios together. Um, we have clients that uh, bought back in the Olympic Village, which is Newington, back in 2000. 
Um, we had um, clients who bought property in the Forum at um, St. Leonard's. That's the big new building on top of the railway station there. And uh, <laughs> we we actually tried to sell three-bedroom uh, penthouse apartments back then for $560,000. And we couldn't we couldn't find any buyers for that. We sold lots of one and two bedrooms, but we couldn't find anybody to buy the three bedroom. You know what they're worth now? <laughs> easily over the million dollar mark, easily. <laughs> yeah, way over. Way over, way over. Probably closer to two million something. Sometimes the most valuable thing when it comes to property investment is time. It comes back to it's time in, and it's it's finding the right locations now. Based on our experience, we have a huge network of contacts throughout the country, whether that be in any state in Australia, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, South Australia, uh, even Darwin and, um, and West Australia as well as Tasmania. And what we do is we look um, for properties that are quality, that value up, but more importantly, that are in growth areas, population growth, uh, economic growth, have low vacancy rates and have high rental yields. And that's what we look for because we like to see that people can get into property that after tax benefits, they're actually getting a positive cash flow every week, that they can channel that money back into their home mortgage. And then with other mortgage strategies that we tell our clients about, um, they can then channel their resources into reducing that home mortgage as fast as possible. Fleming explains how important it is to know what you're getting into and knowledge of your own budget before investing in property. And that's why what we discussed a little bit earlier, why you know, 80% of the people that bought an investment property never get to the second one because they can't afford it. Right? because they're struggling to hold on to the one they bought and they've still got this home mortgage around the neck that they're paying for with their after-tax dollars. Right, And, 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 and people's lifestyles change. They have more kids. right? Uh, they get a raise. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, mum says, well, we need to upgrade the house. We've got more kids. right? We're getting more money. Um, you know, the next door neighbours moved uh, six months ago. They're living now over in that other suburb where I'd like to be. There are experts out there who are a great help if you're looking to purchase property. That's where the help of uh, you know a financial advisor comes in who's got the experience in the marketplace. Uh, not only the experience in the marketplace, but also the repercussions from what actions you take out today financially how that's going to affect you down the road. Fleming shares a story with us about a time that he almost led his clients to a catastrophic loss and the learning experience he gained out of it. I think probably what you've got to watch out for is, and everybody's susceptible to this, right? We all want to make a quick buck. So um, we look at um, uh, trying to either buy ourselves or steer our clients into buying into a boom area. Now, fortunately for us, we escaped this, but we came so close to a calamity with maybe four or five of our clients, we were promoting Marumba up in Queensland, and that's a mining town. Yep, Marumba, Marumba. All right, it's, it's up there by Chinchilla and Emerald, and it's a mining town. And they were having a lottery on blocks of land up there through the council and 
our clients uh, could have purchased, I think, I can't remember what the block of land was for, it was around about three or four hundred thousand. And we had, I think, about four clients um, that we put uh, lottery applications in for on various blocks of land. I think there was about maybe two to three blocks per client that we were bidding on and to see what would happen. And uh, fortunately, fortunately, none of, none of the clients won the bids. Right, because by the time you put the house on there, um, it I think the total cost was around about six to seven hundred thousand dollars. They were getting a thousand dollars plus a week rent once the house was completed, right? And then eventually the value of those houses went up, right? But we never looked at what might happen tomorrow. And eventually what happened tomorrow was the bottom fell out of the mining industry. And I think you can I think you can buy those houses for two, three hundred thousand dollars at the moment. All right. So that was that was a scary moment that uh, made me re- reflect very seriously on the fundamentals of what a successful investment property should look like. In contrast with his near miss, he tells us about the moment he felt that everything had come together. We have Townsville, for example. Um, we have clients that uh, purchased in there, four bedroom, two bath, um, double remote lock up garage, nice block. Um, you know, we went from 500 to 700 square meters uh, for $249,000. Right? Well, initially when we got into there, yeah, no, no one else knew about Townsville. Right? Uh, but Townsville, you know, and, and Townsville's had its ups and downs since then. What's his name? Clive Palmer with his nickel works and so forth. Kind of put a lot of people out of work there. Um, but, you know, all the clients that we have in Townsville, um, some of them may have sold their properties by now, uh, but others have still got their properties and uh, holding on and doing okay. And on those $249,000 properties, I don't know exactly what rent they're getting at the moment, but I, I would say they're getting in the vicinity of, uh, $450, $480 a week rent. Um, you know, that's not a bad deal when you look back on that. Right? Um, same thing with uh, Cairns. Um, we got in there many years ago. Um, then we also got caught up with all the, all the hype um, with Tony Fung and his Aquas Casino that was going to go in there. Um, but the government gave him such a hard time, he backed off. And uh, that that was a situation there, but you know, Cairns is up there, out of out of sight, out of mind with most people. They just don't realise how low the vacancy rate up here is, what kind of rental returns they're getting, um, and they're doing pretty good. So, you know, that's another area of interest. Uh, a big area of interest at the moment is, is Brisbane itself. The projections are that over the next uh, uh, by 2022, uh, the capital growth in Brisbane is expected to be around about 20% between now and then. And uh, you can get very affordable properties and you can get anywhere from 5 to 7% rental yields on those. And the other um, glimmer on the horizon for Brisbane is they're going after the 2030 Olympics. They just had the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast, which did wonders for property prices there and stability of that area. And uh, so there's, there's big things happening up there. Such a strong predicted growth in Brisbane even came as a shock to Fleming. Well, it's unusual because they're, they're, they're kind of a, a steady plotter. 
Brisbane Brisbane doesn't fluctuate like um, Melbourne or uh, Sydney. It's just a steady plotter. You know, they get a few percentage growth points each year. But um, there's been a lot of infrastructure going in there. They've got the new Queen's Wharf Casino that's under construction. That's about a $2, $3 billion development. Uh, they've got the second international runway going in in the airport. Uh, they've got all kinds of underground <laughs> railway systems going in, transportation systems. So, yeah. It's that that's an area that's of great interest, and up there we offer clients, you know, anywhere from apartments to townhouses to house and land packages. We we cover the full spectrum of property. So inspired by David Fleming's journey and his amazing aha moment, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory. We'll discuss his advice to his clients. Pay yourself first and then manage your lifestyle around what's left and that's that's the philosophy we use with our clients. His advice to anyone beginning their journey. One of the most important things anybody can do to begin with is to have a goal. You've got to have a goal. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory.